You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in Central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest-growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. I think it's important to remember that everyone brings a very different lens based on their personal journeys to the table. And it's, it's worth uh, using your voice to share that because it really does help elevate the conversation. From Columbus Business First, it's Women of Influence, an interview series showcasing some of the most inspiring women in the Central Ohio business community. Today's guest is Jasmine Agaya, Head of Customer Data Strategy for Wells Fargo. We talked about what her role entails, how she views working in male-dominated fields, and how she cultivates vital mentorship relationships. I often ask guests to explain their job to me, although sometimes it's more necessary than others. Degaya's area of expertise is a broad one, so I asked her to tell me what her work looks like for Wells Fargo. So it probably helps to, to frame it in the context of the theme of my career and, and then what I'm doing at Wells Fargo. And so throughout my career, I've really been focused on leading the strategy and products around how we can use technology to drive the customer experience. And um, I found I really enjoyed being at that intersection between business and technology and creating new things to really drive the customer experience forward. And so at Wells Fargo, my current role, I lead an organization, a global organization of several hundred people who really focus on building out data products that we can use across the enterprise. And it's an enterprise level role, so we really look at how we create components that can be reused across multiple lines of businesses in a very strategic, efficient way. So that each line of business, for example, doesn't need to build a particular data product. We can leverage things that we built centrally um, across the firm. Mm -hmm. The other big piece of my role is driving thought leadership around innovation and transformation. And a lot of times you can find we get very heads down, all of us, on the things that we are creating and building day to day. And what our team also looks to do is help look beyond our immediate walls internally and externally to see what else is going on in the industry, what's happening in the market that we can also use to influence the things that we're building. And so to do that, we bring in, um, we leverage our academia partnerships, which we have with Stanford, MIT, UC Berkeley, and a host of other institutions, as well as work that we do with venture capitalists and fintechs, um, and also showcasing the work that we do internally across various different teams. Um, And so it's a, a really good blend of both managing our existing assets, building net new innovative products and technologies, and also driving innovation and thought leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Can you give me some examples of products that your team has worked on or built? I think that can sound so uh, jargony to say, you know, data products or whatever. So mm-hmm. what, what, what does that mean for a consumer, a customer of Wells Fargo? Sure. So if you think about the way the bank operates, there are different, um, each line of business has various common components that they would use. For example, generating marketing lists or determining the eligibility of a customer or being able to pre-approve a customer for a particular offer. And so the types of products that we build help us do that in a very efficient way so that we can build essentially an engine or a customizable capability that then each line of business can leverage and use for their own particular initiatives. Mm-hmm. It was an early career mentor who first helped Agaya find her way into product management. I asked her to tell me the story. Go back in time some. How is this sector one that, that you first got into? What did you know you were interested in, in financial services data, et cetera, when you were in high school? <laughs> yeah, good question. I, I, I think the short answer would be it's been an evolution. So when I, I uh, did my graduate school at, at Stanford, and it was a combination business and engineering program, uh, which was a fairly unique program at the time. And I really enjoyed it because it was that blend of, of two things that, that I liked, how you think about technology, but use it to really impact uh, the experience and, and the business. And when I um, finished school, I was kind of debating, what do I do with this now? And I joined a startup out in Silicon Valley and had a terrific mentor out there who said, have you ever thought about product management? And I was like, what's that? And he said, well, essentially, you're like a mini CEO. You're, you're responsible for all aspects of what's happening in your product, from the strategy, the design, the roadmap, to also working with the team to actually build it, and working with sales, marketing, customers, and bringing it to life. And I found that that was a really good fit for me, and I really enjoyed uh enjoyed that role. And so through my career, I've kind of taken that to the next level to leadership roles where I've moved from managing individual products to portfolios of products to organizations and teams that, um, that build multiple products. So it's, I would say it's been an evolution, but one that I think is, has been a, a natural fit for me and the things that I, that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Degaya is a veteran of J.P. Morgan Chase, a global banking giant with a significant office presence here in Columbus. But she's not from here, and her role with Wells Fargo is a remote one. I wanted to know what brought her to Columbus and why she stayed. Yeah, well, Columbus is a fantastic city. So we've we've been here now for about 18 years. I grew up in Canada, uh, and I like to joke that I I tried to escape the cold and went all the way to California for grad school, um, but ended up back here partially because the company that I was working at with at the time, um, Alcatel-Lucent, which is now Nokia, had a big office in Columbus, and we also wanted to be closer to family. And so it was a, it was a deliberate decision to, to leave the Bay Area and come to Columbus, and we've, we love it here. Um, so we've, uh, my current role uh, is fully remote right now, it's, but I do travel a fair bit. So Charlotte, New York, San Francisco, and other, other locations. Mm-hmm. So. Are a lot of the people on the team that you're working with also remote? Are they mostly in those other locations? Oh, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on the individuals. And we are a global organization, so a lot of the folks that we work with are overseas as well. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, especially as we've seen through the pandemic, 
we use we use remote technology teams, Zoom and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I apologize, I didn't double check this date. When did you join Wells Fargo? Was it during the pandemic? It was during the pandemic, mm-hmm. yeah, in April 21. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what was that transition like? Especially at that, I mean, I guess since you were going to be remote regardless, but just talk me through a little bit how you sort of got up and running at, at that odd time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was a it was a unique experience I think to join and onboard a company but to be fully remote. However, everyone else was also in that same boat and a number of the folks that I worked with including my manager was also remote. So we you know, I think we all adapted to it and it became kind of the new normal. And even prior to that because the firm is so distributed, a lot of our meetings are virtual, regardless. Even if you're in one of the core locations, you're still going to have a lot of virtual meetings. Mm -hmm. Personally, the main thing I think when I think about my data is, oh, I should probably be more careful about that. But given that it's Degaya's full-time job to think about these things, I saw her takes on how consumers view the issue today. Yeah, thinking through data. Well, I think the obvious things, anything that you put out there now out on the internet, it's it's there, it's public record. Be very, very cognizant of, of what you're doing. But I think also what we're seeing is that customers' expectations of institutions that they interact with are not just shaped anymore by institutions in that particular industry. So, for example, a customer's expectations of their banking mobile app or even face-to-face interactions are no longer just shaped by um, what's happening in other banks or other other financial services institutions, but rather shaped by the level of service that you get from any other companies in the industry. And so I think that's really raising the bar in terms of expectations that customers have for personalization, for convenience, for speed, for security. Um, and that really shapes and evolves how we need to think about things that we're building as well. Mm-hmm. A mentor played a key role in the early days of Degaya's career, suggesting the field of product management. But I have to imagine finding a mentor or a mentee looks a lot different at a startup with a dozen employees versus a corporate giant with tens of thousands. Here's what Degaya said about that. Yeah, that is that is a great question. I would say a lot of it is is organic for me, where individuals have reached out to me or other people that I know, peers of mine, have said, hey, there's this person that I think could really benefit from having a mentor. Would you be willing to take them on? Um, and so I've, I've been a mentor to a number of individuals through that process. Um, on the flip side, mentors that I've had also have been fairly organic, people that I've met through my interactions, that I've just built a regular relationship with, and in some cases, people that I've reached out to explicitly and said, hey, I'm looking for some guidance or advice on this particular area, and then and built, a, built a relationship that way. But large organizations like Chase and Wells Fargo also do a terrific job of setting up frameworks for people to volunteer to be a mentor or to say, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. These are the types of skills I'm looking to gain or areas that I'm looking for guidance on. And having those tools and resources to actually serve as matchmaking um, in a way for, for individuals. And so I think that also helps for, for people who are kind of wondering, how do, I, how do I find a mentor? How do I get into that space? The other thing I'll share on the topic of mentoring, though, is we often talk a lot about the role of a mentor, someone who provides advice and guidance, but I think equally important is the role of sponsorship Mm -hmm. and someone who is advocating for you, championing the work that you're doing when you're not in the room. And it's equally important to be deliberate about building those types of relationships and thinking about who's on your 
quote-unquote board of directors, um, who is serving as kind of a mentor to you, but also as a sponsor, as a champion, um, who's advocating for you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. How explicit have you been in cultivating those relationships? Do you, do you ask someone, hey, can you, can you be a voice for me? Or is that more just you sort of hope that you've built this connection and they'll do it? I would say it's both. So it, it really depends on your specific relationship that you have. But in my experience, if you're, say you're up for a promotion and you, you really want to make sure that you have that advocacy, it's, I think, perfectly acceptable to say to an individual, hey, I've, I've really appreciated the relationship we have. Here's the book of work that I've done. I'm up for this promotion. Would you be open to being an advocate or a sponsor for me? And if not, why not? And can you give me some advice or guidance on um, additional skills or experience that I need to build? Mm-hmm. And I've had those conversations myself, and consistently people have been very positive and, and always open to it. And on the flip side, when people have asked me, I've felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's it's just having the courage to ask that question um, if you feel like you're not sure if, if you have that person's support or not. Yeah, that's yeah. so smart to say it that way, though, because I feel like I always would be like, no worries if not, but like you need to actually get the, the feedback yeah. on the if not. So. Right, on the if not, exactly. Yeah. That's how you learn and grow. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. On the financial side and on the tech side, engineering, this, these are all fields that I think we generally think of as being kind of bro-y. <laughs> a lot yeah. of men, yeah. not a ton of women. Um, obviously, this podcast is focused on women in leadership and women in business. So uh, talk about your experience a little bit uh, when it comes to gender parity. Have there been times that you've been the only woman in a room or in a class? And, and how do you handle that? What's sort of your response? Yeah, absolutely. There, there have certainly been times, at, both as a business executive and now as a technology executive, there are absolutely times where I'm the only woman in the room, the only uh, woman of color in the room, certainly. And I, I would say I've found it helps to approach it from two different perspectives. One is, and I I had a mentor who also shared this advice uh, some time ago, which is don't ignore it, but embrace it and really recognize that there is a difference of perspective and that difference may be driven by your unique background or it could just be driven by your unique experiences. And that's the other thing to, to remember is that You've earned your seat at the table, um, and you're there for a reason, and you have a perspective to bring. And it's really important to use your voice and share that that viewpoint, regardless of, of wherever you may be. And I'll give an example. Having worked on the business side for most of my career and now being in um, more of a technology role, a lot of times I'll be in architecture or design conversations, which focus on uh, different aspects of, of what's being built. And I'll ask the question often, well, what will be the impact to the customer experience? What will be, you know, if you take those three steps further, what's this going to mean when we try and drive scale for this uh, initiative or some other perspective? And I think it's important to remember that everyone brings a very different lens based on their personal journeys to the table. And it's it's worth uh, using your voice to share that because it really does help elevate the conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I will share as far as your, your question on gender parity. When I went to engineering school some 20, 25 years ago, the ratio of men to women was 80-20. And unfortunately, recent stats that I've seen, it's we're still pretty much at the same, the same ratio. And I think we have a lot of work to, to do. But what is really encouraging to me is both work that's being done 
at the middle school, high school level, which I think is really, really critical by organizations like the Past Foundation, where I serve on the board, and they do a ton of great work in this space, as well as at the um, at the corporate and you know working level. And Wells Fargo does a terrific job of this with various employee resource groups, women in technology organizations, but also investments in groups like Girls Who Code and uh, Grace Hopper and others. And so I think having that representation makes a big difference for um, women who are are in school or girls who are in school and thinking about a career in engineering um, and also having the support network to stay in those roles throughout their careers. Degas stays busy, but like all of us, she needs a way to wind down. We talked about where we'd find her on her perfect day off. Well, shifting a little bit more to just about you, where will we find you on a, on a free Saturday? What do you do to unwind after a stressful week? Good question. Yeah, my, my uh, ideal thing to do would be just sit on the deck or in front of the fireplace, curl up with a good book, a warm beverage, and nothing else that I need to need to be doing. There's always a long list of things that I, that I have, but the moment when I can cross the things off that list or put it aside for a little while, that's, that's you know, a good place. Mm-hmm. What, what are you reading right now? Um, so I'm, I'm in a book group, which I've really enjoyed being in for a number of years. And so we read a, a great diversity of fiction and nonfiction books. And so we just finished reading The Henna Artist by Alka Joshi, which is a terrific book. Finally, as always, I asked Agaya for her best advice. Well, and then one thing I like to ask every guest on this is if you were talking to a young woman who's graduating from college, starting her career, what's the piece of advice that you would give her as she's looking to follow in your footsteps? Oh, well, I would say probably a couple of different things. Um, one is be very deliberate about managing your career um, because no one else is going to do it for you. And I think often we feel like particularly as women, if I keep my head down, work really hard, everything will work out. And in many cases it will, but it's it's also important to be very deliberate about thinking about where do you want to go? What's your roadmap? Um, what do you need to do to get there? And if you have that, that vision for yourself, it'll be a lot easier to then map out a plan to get there and share it with others because people want to help you and they will help you get the skills, get the opportunities that you need to get there. Um, the second thing I would say is, particularly for a number of the people that I've mentored, sometimes people feel stuck where they are. And to remember that you always have a choice. You, you can try something new. You can you know, reach out even when you feel like maybe this isn't the right, a particular role isn't the right fit or uh, you don't have the right scope of role. Just remember that you have a choice and doing something different, even if it's not the perfect next thing, will give you new experiences, new um, people that you meet with, and it'll open up new and different doors for you. And I'd say the third thing is just always say yes. Um, embrace opportunities that, that might come your way. Uh, even if you think that, hey, I'm not 100% qualified for this or I've never done this before, just take a chance and try something, try something new. Um, and I think you'll find that it, it gives you a ton of um, confidence and, and experience along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that really that kind of uh, wraps us up here. Good notes to end on. So thank you okay. so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it as well. And thanks so much to all of you for joining us as well. If you're not already, follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you'll be notified of each new episode as it's released. Another huge thank you to Jasmine DeGaia for joining us. I'm Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First, and this has been Women of Influence.